and welcome back to another episode of Green Jeans. I'm your one co-host, Annika Van Rossum, joined by my other co-host, Maya Van Rossum. And we are a podcast, well, if you can tell, we are a mother-daughter duo, um, and this is our podcast where we talk about important social and environmental justice issues through a generational lens, because a lot of the issues um, that are happening in today's world have had alarm bells ringing for decades, likely from my mom's generation. Um, so before we get into our episode topic, mom, where are you? You're in a different spot than you usually are. So I'm in a hotel room because last night was the first talk for the launch of the second edition of my book. Oh, so it's cool. very exciting. Nice. Who were, um, did you give the talk with anybody or? Yeah. So the Pace Hall, it's the Hall, Elizabeth Hall School of Law at Pace. Um, really, I just know it as Pace Law School because that's where I went to law school. And so they hosted it. And my professor, Professor Nicholas Robinson, uh, interviewed me. And Professor Robinson is an international um, law icon and just well-recognized. And it was a little bit intimidating because in the audience, in the room, there was like a... Um, a Supreme Court justice from South Africa and another justice from another country, right? And there were all there were all these international environmental law icons in the audience for the launch of my book, which was really a tremendous, tremendous honor and um, and great fun. But now, of course, I've spent the whole morning and most of the night fretting over did I say too much? Did I not say enough? How did I come across, you know, second guessing and doubting every word that came out of my mouth. So um, I just have to hope that my love of the topic and my enthusiasm carried the day and that it all went well. But people seemed excited and they bought a lot of books and wanted my, my um, you know, little personal notation on them. So anyway, it felt really good and it was exciting and it was a true honor to have so many amazing environmental rights um, leaders in the room for the launch of my new book. I'm sure it went well. You fret over every talk. Also, before we get into the episode, just on that note, if people are interested in having you come talk, what should they do? So if they go to www.forthegenerations.org, or the or if they go to no W's, just mayavanrossum.green, they'll end up at the same website. And there's actually a place, um, a, a page on the website for the book. And on that page, there's a spot to request that I come and speak. And yes, it's a real honor for me to speak with communities and organizations and leaders about this topic that, as you know, Annika, I so, so, so believe in. I really believe in the power of the Green Amendment movement. And, um, and I love to talk about it and to hopefully inspire people and invite people to join the movement. So yeah, if you're interested in a talk, I would love to come talk to you. Let me know. And if you're interested in the book, the book is out. And you can get a copy also at that website page. You can go to your favorite bookseller, whatever it is, whether it's online or it's a shop, and you can order a copy of the book. Nice. Yeah, I will have all those links as usual. And by the time this episode comes out, your book will actually be officially out, out. no more pre-ordering. 
Um, so yeah, so if you, also before we get into the episode, if you like what we talk about, remember to rate us, remember to share our podcast, and also if you do buy the Green Amendment, make sure you leave a good review on all the websites, um, wherever you end up purchasing it from. So with that, I think we'll get into today's topic, which is one that um, you probably maybe, if you've listened to our other episodes, maybe you've heard anecdotes about um, my mom's personal story with it, but because it's fall and all the leaves are out, we're talking about why you should not actually rake up the leaves on your lawn. Um, so for many people, you know, I think you probably see like people have their bags out full of leaves. Um, and actually, for those who don't know what ends up happening to them, most of the time, if your township is collecting them, they actually end up in a landfill. So according to the National Audubon Society, about 8 million leaves end up in landfills. And one of the biggest problems with that is because the leaves aren't getting enough oxygen in the landfill to decompose properly like they would in your lawn, they actually end up releasing large amounts of methane. So also to guilt trip you more, if you are raking up your leaves and sending them to the landfill, you are contributing to greenhouse gases. So I'm sure nobody who's listening to this podcast wants to do that. So that's where I'm going to kick it off. Um, but I feel like, Mom, maybe you would tell your personal story about leaf raking or not leaf raking. Well, and um, and Annika, I'm so glad that you started there. But I do also want to offer that the you know, I think that this topic that Annika selected is so great. And even if you're not sending your leaves to the landfill, but you're in one of those municipalities where you can pile them up on the edge of your property and they suck it up and they take it to like a mulching place, um, as you're going to learn, that's a problem too. So um, whether you're sending it to the landfill or you're sending it to the mulching place, it's the actual collection of the leaves and sending them off somewhere that that can also yield um, tremendous harm. But yeah, so the the story, um, and this is a really important part of my growth as an environmental activist. But when I was a uh, when I was young, um, my mother we had a big VW van, and my mother would drive around the community during this time of year when people were throwing their leaves out as trash in big black trash, plastic bags, and she would pick them up and shove them in the VW van and go from house to house to house. And literally the van was overflowing, packed with these big bags of leaves. You know, like sometimes at the end of the journey for a day, she'd like have to shove them in there before closing the door. And then she'd bring them to our house and she would empty the leaves to a spot that she had selected in the back of the yard so that the leaves could turn into mulch. And she would carefully fold up the trash bags and we would reuse them in a variety of ways. Um, but she just felt it was so horrifying that people were throwing these, these leaves out as garbage or as trash when you know they 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 could and should be used for enhancing the environment. And they weren't trash, right? They are part of the natural system. So anyway, she would stack stack leaves up in the back and over time they would turn into you know beautiful black soil and she would use that in her garden as i got to you know a young age when i could be helpful in this journey she would invite me to go and i i would go very often and initially i would go happily and then as i would watch the people come out of their homes looking at us with this horrified expression as we collected up their quote unquote trash 
I would sometimes become embarrassed, you know, and I would sort of slink and hide away because, you know, the neighbors all around, whether they knew us or not, were like looking at these, this mother-daughter duo, another mother-daughter duo, walking off with their trash. And, um, but my mother, she she was never embarrassed. She would lift up her arm and she would say, hello, hello, we're just collecting your leaves for mulch you know, or something like that. She would use it as a, as a moment to connect, to smile, to be gracious, but to educate, to say, suggest that something good was happening here, not something bad. And over time, you know, when I got into my teen years, then I became really embarrassed. And then over time, I started to become proud. I would watch my mother interact with these people. I would see the powerful benefit of having this mulch. And I started to become proud and I wanted to go with her. And, um, and proudly stand with her as we did this. And so, you know, that was part of my journey. And then when I got my own home, I started to do the same thing. And then when I had my own daughter, um, my beautiful Annika, and she, you know, got to the right age, she was invited to come with me to do this important job. And she was also invited to go with my mother, her Oma, to do it with her Oma. And so Annika got indoctrinated into the leaf collection as well, because much to my surprise, people still did, still do throw away leaves as trash, which is quite a shock. So I don't know if you had the same evolutionary journey that I did, Annika, from you know wanting to go along to be with my mother because I loved her to becoming em embarrassed about what we were doing to 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 that time of pride, you know, in what we were doing and knowing that this was one of the ways that that we were standing up for the earth. I was gonna say, I think, I feel like Oma maybe, not, I'm not actually learning her lesson, I don't know how to phrase it, maybe like through you was like, okay, I'll let Annika come up to her own. Cause I remember going and, and I wish people like who are listening to this could see our faces. Cause my mom's gonna know what car I'm talking about, the little gray truck. And I remember her filling the truck and there was never like any attempt to really like coax me out of the truck when I didn't want to. I think there were times I would get out, but I feel like most of the time I just sat there and I just wanted to go with her for the ride. <laughs> I didn't really get out of the truck. Um, but no, I mean, I think it's the same thing. You know, unfortunately I didn't get to do too much leaf collecting with Oma for, for too long. Um, but I do think also like being your daughter and there's a lot of things that were like really embarrassing or that like were, you know, childhood embarrassment like I'm secondhand embarrassed and then I've kind of like been like no but I gotta do it or push my way through it um and then you get comfortable with it but yeah I mean and it is like when you get older you just I feel like anybody listening to this when you get older you just like you don't care anymore you start to be like whatever people are gonna think what they're gonna think and I don't care um but yeah I, I do remember people's faces and I feel like sometimes maybe Oma went early in the morning and I was like oh thank god nobody's awake yet <laughs> <laughs> um but yes so leaf collecting is really great we have a personal connection to it and that's why I thought this was going to be a really cool topic um yeah so I think um one of the big benefits that people maybe don't realize I know that everybody loves their lawns and especially if you're having Thanksgiving maybe you have are having parties outside with a bonfire but Leaf, leaving leaves is actually really great um, for the wildlife and the little biomes that exist. So you're actually like really benefiting all of the, the um, 
the worms and the little insects are leaving leaves so that the birds and the squirrels and all the animals can take it for bedding to go stuff everything up to stay warm. So honestly, when you're removing your leaves, you're actually really depriving your local and natural wildlife of some really important habitat or needs. So that's always what bugs me when people put it out on the lawn is I'm like, oh my God, you're robbing all the animals of their special little stuff. So, you know, I found an interesting quote on that front um, by Xerxes Society for Invertebrate Conservation. And this is actually a quote that the Washington University in St. Louis had captured in an article that they did on this subject. And the, um, the quote is, one of the most valuable things you can do to support pollinators and other invertebrates is to provide them with the winter cover they need. And that is by leaving the leaves on the ground and not raking them up. So yeah, I think that that's really an interesting added value from leaving the leaves on the ground that people don't think about. And they don't think about what, like what you said about the collecting it up for the nesting and, and the creation of the habitat elsewhere, as well as the habitat it creates on the ground. It's just a really powerful contribution. Just let it lie and you'll be giving back to nature. Yeah, I don't, I personally don't understand like the massive want to leaf collect. I get if you're like, I don't watch football, but I understand people think like the, the family holidays are coming up and I guess people like do pick up football in their yards and you don't want to be slipping and sliding over leaves, but then just like put it in a pile for the party and then let it all blow back out. Um, but something I've read that I never thought about and I thought was very interesting is so another additional tip they give to people um, is rather also than just it's fine to leave like the whole leaves I'm not saying that that's bad um, but actually I was reading a whole article on all these different ways to do it but you should actually also be mulching your leaves and you can buy you can buy a specialized mower that will do it more effectively if you're like really into it but basically I was reading that the standard mower will do a pretty decent job. Maybe you have to do like a couple times over, but that by chopping it into all the little bits, like you're helping it compost faster and spread out. And I never knew about that. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, no, I, I, I know when, when I would collect the leaves um, with you, Oma didn't do this. She would just put it in the pile, but I actually got this electric thing that would suck them up and then mulch them and then I would be able to take sort of that bag of shredded leaves and I would spread it around my garden as mulch it was a way to get free mulch now but you will know I said electric right because that one of the other things that happens with all of this leaf collection is while historically people did it with a rake and so they got exercise and it was quiet and it wasn't emitting any additional contaminants these days, of course, people are doing things um, mechanically. And often they're using those massive leaf blowers, right? So you're right with the lawnmower, you can mulch it up and that's good. Get an electric lawnmower because gas-powered lawnmowers are a tremendous source of noise pollution and air pollution, right? They use fossil fuels. But in addition, right now, <laughs> I just, it's, it's funny. I, I, I stand there and I, I, 
I, I do become speechless like I am now watching people, whether they're hired to do it or they're doing, you know, they're the homeowner blowing these leaves around with their blower to try to blow them into a pile. And it takes an incredibly long period of time and looks like a very frustrating exercise, frankly. But more importantly, um, it is an incredible source of pollution and damage in addition. So not only is the collection of the leaves and dealing with it, particularly as trash, a problem, but how people are now collecting these leaves, using these leaf blowers is a problem. And in fact, leaf blowers emit nearly 300 times the amount of air pollutants that a pickup truck does. And there is one study shown, and again, this is by that the Washington University, um, they report on a 2001 study that showed that one hour using a gas-powered uh, lawnmower is equivalent to driving 100 miles. And gas-powered leaf blowers and lawnmowers have the same potential for causing the level of um, air emissions, pollution emissions, um, as, as, as vehicles, as one another, right? Sorry, I did the wrong comparison, but you get the point. <laughs> they both re re release a lot of pollution. And what are the kinds of things that um, leaf blowers particularly release into the air? Formaldehyde, benzene, that fine particulate matter that gets deep into your lungs and can cause all kinds of problems. These are air pollutants that cause not just things like dizziness and headaches, but asthma attacks, heart and lung disease, cancer, dementia. This is dangerous stuff. Yeah, I know. And I, I don't know. It's always interesting. So like where we live, for whatever reason, it feels like everybody is doing lawnmowers like, or leaf blowers every day for like hours on end, or it's all of them at once. And I was actually thinking about it the other day. So I just got over like a really bad flu. It wasn't COVID. Um, and I went for a run and basically I was like, whatever, whether it was from the first time I got COVID or whatever, but like my lungs are definitely very impacted now by any sort of respiratory thing. Like it was really hard to breathe. I had to use my inhaler a lot more than I would like. Um, and I just am always interested like in our area where they're doing it all the time, if that also has any negative effects because especially like when it's windy and there's definitely days where it's like three leaf blowers going at one time in just one person's yard that's like right up the hill from us or right next door. Oh, it, it's it's maddening. I mean, that that's the other kind of pollution. It's incredible noise pollution, right? It's it's very and it, and in fact, um these these leaf blowers are so loud that they can that they can impact people's hearing. Those who are using them it, it can cause hearing loss. I mean, it's really horrifying. I know, as you said, like, it, it seems it's not, it, it's not just weekdays, it's weekends, you know, seven o'clock in the morning, the leaf blower next door is going. And then as soon as they're done, you get half an hour of silence. And then the one up the hill is going. And then the one down the road. And then that one. And then that one. And then that one. And it's like this day long noise event that's happening. And it really just ruins it for being in my garden. You know, I'm being careful not to do these things. Um, I, I, I use an electric lawnmower, as people know, is powered by our solar panels on the roofs. Yes, electric lawnmowers make noise too, 
but they're quieter and the um the tone of the noise has been scientifically demonstrated it doesn't travel as far and in the same way and affect people and their hearing in the same way that electric lawnmowers and leaf blowers do um so i mean it really it's it's impacting the hearing of the user but frankly it's impacting the entire community when you do that and it's just not fair yeah no i agree and then something else on the tangential to leaf blowing i don't i know like maybe there's regulations or rules about blowing into leaf blowing into the street but also like inevitably if you're leaf blowing it's happening into the road so i was reading um an article so professor maxim schlossberger an associate professor of turf grass nutrition and soil fertility at penn state i love every time we do articles i just love people are like expert scientists in the most random areas so i didn't know you'd be an expert in that but that's cool um and he warned um and schlossberger warned that if you were planning to blow leaves from your yard into the street that can actually disrupt drains and local waters when you have foreign debris they can clog the grates and that can prevent water from moving off the surface of the street and also noted that leaves can also the leaves that do make it through can end up in streams and rivers where drains lead and that can affect the water quality and sensitive species adapted to those waterways so i thought that was also like oh i didn't think about that too like this other effect outside of your yard when you just decide to blow things all over the place yeah, so as the Delaware Riverkeeper, that is actually a um, very important part of my work experience. And the that that, as you said, those leaves do clog up the, the drains. And so then the water collects in the streets and then it causes flooding and flood damages that can in, impede um, emergency vehicles that are trying to get to help somebody during a flood event. And so it does have really serious ramifications environmentally, but also for the flooding and the flood damages. And then the sort of the next step on that in people's thinking is they don't say, oh, we should, you know, stop doing this or we should uh, get rid of these lawns and revegetate them with native landscapes so that that rainwater soaks into the soil and we don't have these leaves clogging up these drains. No, inevitably what happens is they start thinking about, well, flooding is really bad. So now we need to dredge out and carve out our streams. We should build a dam. We should do with this. We, and then they suddenly jump to all these very damaging, invasive solutions for dealing with flooding and flood damages, rather than just think about um, going back to the basic principle of protecting the environment, mimicking what nature does, allowing the rain to hit the soil and be soaked in and down and through into the aquifer below, rather than being forced off of the landscape, into the road, into the storm drain, into the stream, where there too, it contributes to flooding and flood damages downstream. So it is this, this cycle of thought that happens when people are thinking about that we, the people need to manage everything through pipes and structures, rather than recognizing that nature really does it best. And maybe the best thing we can do is protect and restore nature. And in so doing, we'll protect and restore ourselves. Yeah, no, I agree. The other thing, you know, Annika, is like when you're when when you know you're thinking about all of these things and trying to paint a picture for people in one moment about all the all the impacts of um, 
one activity or another. In this case, people getting rid of the leaves from their lawns. Um, it's interesting all the different facets of impact that you think about. And, and one that I had not been thinking about, although as you say, you, you probably have experienced it in the moment when you were running or walking um, and going by an area where they're leaf blowing and had the impact on your lungs from the fine particulate matter that is created by that, the cloud, right? The cloud that forms when they're blowing their leaf blowers. It's not just the emissions coming off of the machinery, but there is th this cloud that forms of everything that's being blown up. And in one of the articles I was reading, they were describing all the things in that cloud. And it's interesting, right? It's not just leaf bits. It's not just dirt and dust, um, but it is the, the fertilizers and the herbicides and the pesticides that are on that landscape that are now being blown up into the air so that people can breathe them in. There's also dried animal feces, right? Like you don't think about that when they're blowing it around. Yeah, that, that dog poop residue that got left behind, even when people are properly cleaning up the dog poop, there is this residue and, that, and that's part of that cloud that the person walking by is breathing in or the worker or the homeowner that's using their leaf blower, right? They're breathing all of this stuff in. Of course, if you're breathe, if you're blowing onto the road, there's a lot of contaminants that collect on the road from from the emissions, from the vehicles, and brake dust pad, all of which have really significant impacts on the environment, but also in human health if you breathe it in and get it into your lungs. So, you know, I I, I can't think of a positive that comes from certainly addressing leaves on the ground through leaf blowing. Um, it seems like it's just all down <laughs> from noise to pollution, but also to the environmental harms. But then as you said, just the removal of the, the leaves from the surface in and of itself is taking something from nature. And when we take something from nature, we take something from ourselves. And that's really, um, that's really distressing. And it's really disturbing. And there's such an easy solution. Let it lie. Or as you said, get an electric lawnmower, get some solar panels on your roof if you can, and grind them up and let them lie. Mm -hmm. I also thought it was interesting too, just like, yeah, and if people are really like, well, I don't want to leave it on my lawn or you want to clear a spot, whatever, you know, um, one of the solutions was, well, chip it up and put it on um, your vegetable garden or like where or move it to where you do have plants and it will decompose. And then when your plants are coming through next spring, you know, they'll have all those nutrients and stuff. And then another one that I thought was interesting also was um, one, if you are somebody that you want more leaves put your name out in the community as somebody who wants leaves like my Oma did and see if people and you know one yes you can just go take their bags I'm pretty sure I don't think there's any laws against that but if there is maybe check um but just say to people like hey you know leave a, a piece of paper outside their door or whatever or do an email blast or people do it. it's like hey I'll take your leaves drop them off on my yard or I'll come pick them up whatever that ends up being and also, because I know sometimes too, like if you live in a townhome, maybe you have an HOA or something like that, that can always become an issue. Um, another suggestion was to look into community gardens or schools with outdoor classrooms that would want your leaves. Um, 
So if you, if for whatever reason, you're like, I just can't keep leaves on my yard, which this whole podcast should tell you that you should find a way to do that. But if not, there's plenty of ways that you can still give back to the environment um, and rape your need for leaves for some reason. <laughs> and, um, and if you're that person, also do think about the other topic we talk about a lot, which is, do you need all of that lawn? How about taking some of the, how about creating a buffer of native plants and vegetation around? So you're shrinking the lawn, um, you're creating native landscape, and um, you're creating the space where you can more happily let your leaves lie. Because as you said, it's garden, it's not lawn. So just another thing to put in the mix to advocate for those natural landscapes and trying to work with nature rather than always trying to manage nature. Yeah, and I think with that, it seems like a perfect end point, good little end quote. Um, so before we sign off, again, a reminder, the Green Amendment book is, well, by the time this comes out, the Green Amendment book is out. Um, so we will put a link to that. Um, in the description, make sure if you like our episodes that you give us a good rating on wherever you're listening to. And we're also working on making the podcast available in more spots. So stay tuned for that. And if you like some of the topics that we talk about, one organization that you can donate to is the Delaware Riverkeeper Network, which works in the four watershed states, New York, PA, New Jersey, and Delaware. Um, so that's one organization you can donate to if you find our work interesting. And if you want to donate to another organization, in addition to, not in lieu of, uh, go to Green Amendments for the Generations. Forthegenerations.org is the website. There's a donation page there. And that is the movement that's all about securing constitutional protection for the environmental rights of all people to a clean, safe, and healthy environment, which coincidentally is what the book is about. So, so I think with that, we will next time.